All right. Uh, do we have any? Do we have any funny B roll for this one? No. Should I ask her for a dance? Hold on, there's too many in the wolf pack. And besides, dirty cats talking to her. Buying her fake furs and taking her to the fever. Quiet as his cap, they ain't even his bin. She spins his Franklin's at the malls with her friends. Material girl living in a material world. But it's all right, because it's Saturday night. So, Mr. Funkmaster, pump the BGs. Yeah. Wow. I'm ready. Are you ready? That, I'm, I'm I'm very ready. That's just it puts me in the it puts me in the it gives me the spirit. I feel I just want to point out that the that the behind the scenes uh, of us reacting to that intro song was very cringe worthy. So, I mean, I did the Macarena. Is that is that is that wrong? That is yes. You know that is always wrong. Here's the important thing: is we do need to analyze that song so we don't get into some sort of copyright infringement. You're right. Uh, and I think that song could be a a lesser known Macarena track. Like, I feel like you could do the Macarena to that. To I that mean, song. could you not do the Macarena to any song? No, I think it has to be specifically this song because we have to analyze it <laughs> for copyright purposes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I liked that the, uh, the Bee Gees was in the background talking about staying alive. And then he talked about the refugees. Yeah. Uh, it's very topical, very topical. Um, very topical. Also, I mean, this might be delving too deep into the analysis. Oh, it but, can't be. But do people still care about the refugees? It depends on which refugees. Yeah. I feel like Canadian refugees, people are all about Canadian refugees. That's true. Mm-hmm. But like Sandra Bullock in that one movie? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, pe- like Justin Bieber, Canadian refugees. Uh, Mike Myers. Yeah, you know, people that uh, Ryan Gosling. contribute different things. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. I think people still definitely care about Ryan Gosling. Ted Cruz. I don't think people care about Ted Cruz. <laughs> uh, well, apparently 22% of the people in Nevada care about Ted Cruz. But besides that, as a general principle, you know, I, here's what I will say. I think more people care about Ted Cruz than care about actual refugees. Okay. That's a hot take. All right. Uh, <laughs> and that's say- all brought on by Wyclef John's uh, We're Trying to Stay Alive. You know, that's what I'm saying. Is Wyclef John's Trying to Stay Alive makes us think deep thoughts. Yeah. No, that was good. That was probably the best analysis that we'll ever have. That's, that's great analysis. And... Yeah, so with that, moving on. <laughs> uh, so this dragon. is the, uh, yeah, hey, by the way, this is the Uncomfortably Christian Podcast. Uh, I'm here with my friend Daniel Davalos. Hey. And this is AJ Monnet. We're here. Uh, if you haven't checked out, we've got a bunch of other, uh, we kind of got like a bunch of sub-channel podcasts. I feel like we don't have, uh, well, we do have one big one, but we haven't recorded it yet. Uh, or we tried to record it and it was a train wreck. And so we <laughs> have now, we're, we're in our, we're in uh, plan beta. Of, <laughs> this is the beta of, uh, of the uncomfortably Christian podcast. But yeah, this is kind of our, uh, this is the part where the guys that don't have a church and don't have, um, really any leadership responsibilities, criticize the people that have a church and have leadership responsibilities. Ooh, that's spicy. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm just trying to full disclosure for our listeners. I always I'm about full disclosure. I don't don't want anybody to think that we're actually important anyway. <laughs> um, not that our I mean, my mom who's probably listening to this podcast and maybe one of the only people probably thinks I'm very important. But the anyone else who's listening to this is mostly probably your friends, Daniel, and so they probably don't give a crap about um, 
who I don't I know. Am, or my opinion. My friends are slowly dwindling, so. Yeah, it's basically just me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only me here. Just It's just you and me talking into a microphone, into headsets to ourselves. That's literally all it is. Yeah. This podcast is nothing but a recording of two friends having a conversation. It's, it's hey, this good. is in front of a live studio audience. This is in front of a live studio audience, which is our... Uh, live our, studio audience is now code for the NSA. Yeah, well... <laughs> 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 oh man that's uh that's our live studio audiences well that's kent our our uh officially licensed live studio audience and then the nsa is uh well they're always welcome in my life NSA. uh i don't know that i have the right to tell them they're not um we'll see uh anyway so yeah as i said this is the part uh this is kind of we're just going to deal with some pop culture stuff we're going to kind of I feel like we're just going to talk about whatever we want because that's why you get a podcast is you say, hey, this is interesting. Why don't we talk about it? Yes. Yeah. And maybe if you all out there in the world want to listen to it, great. But if not, we're still going to do it because we don't have any listeners right now as it is. And we're arrogant. And we're arrogant and self-centered. And it's always helpful when you're arrogant and self-centered to have a platform to be arrogant and self-centered <laughs> on. That's so, the beauty of the internet. <laughs> it's, that's why the internet exists. It's the... Daniel... I, yeah. That's great analysis. Not only did I analyze Wyclef John, but I analyzed the internet. So now we can use the internet without copyright. Very good. We're also recording this uh, in my house. And so if you hear something crash in the background, it's just a cat um, <laughs> doing something insane. Uh, yeah. So, so far what you know about us is we're arrogant, self-centered, and there are cats running around my house. So <laughs> this is a good, good image. It's a good, good start. I feel like, I feel like we're building a rapport with the audience yeah. and that's the important thing. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, well, Daniel, we'll just dive right in and get started. Uh, we really wanted to talk about, um, and I guess we're doing a great job, um, uh, being three weeks behind the news, <laughs> but, um, Mark Driscoll is planning a church in, uh, I think it's Phoenix. Is it Phoenix? Yeah. It's Arizona. It's some city in Arizona. And seeing as there's one city in Arizona. If it's a city in Arizona, (laughs) it's got to be Phoenix. Uh, It's, it's, uh, I was going to say Albuquerque, but that's in New Mexico. So yeah. So Mark Driscoll's planning a church and, uh, this is a bit controversial for many reasons. Uh, I think partially because of the way, uh, the church ended, um, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And kind of the way that that all fell apart somewhat rapidly. Sure. But then also, uh, yeah, the relationships that were severed, that maybe haven't come back. So, uh, well, what's your relationship with Mark Driscoll? Like how, what do you, and by that I don't mean like, are you guys <laughs> pen pals? But like, you know, did you listen to him? Is he, you know, are you kind of just... Let's get the full disclosure. Divided. What's our what's our history with Mark Driscoll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I read a lot of Mark Driscoll's stuff. Yeah, um, I actually really enjoyed reading stuff that he wrote. I thought it was really cool, uh, really well written, really well exposited. Um, mm. Yes, I'm using SAT words because it's a good verb because I can. Um, but as far as like listening to his sermons or you know, being a, a one of the Mark Driscoll fan club, I wasn't really. Um, I thought his sermons were okay. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed his writing. I like the Axe 29 network. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but beyond that, it's not like I have like a super deep uh, experience with the Mark Driscoll brand of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, for me, I will say I was definitely more interested in it than probably you were. I was definitely more on the Mark Driscoll train. Let this be a warning to you. Uh, listeners, people will let you down. Uh, <laughs> shocker. It's a hot take here on the Uncomfortably Christian podcast uh, that people sometimes let you down. But yeah, I was I was listening to the I was listening to his sermons um, weekly. You know, I was reading a lot of what he put out, um, and I definitely will say like some of the errors that he had uh, were definitely errors that came into my life. Like I will say that there is uh, some of the things that he was saying uh, were wrong, but really affected me. And I didn't realize it until later on when other, um, you know, Christian leaders started kind of uh, calling him out on it that, oh, this might be damaging. This might not be good. Mm, That's Um, interesting. So I guess I have some mixed feelings. Um, Yeah, I think think there was just, um, I think the appeal that Mark Driscoll has had with evangelicalism is that he does have a solid theological backbone? Yeah, um, or maybe too solid. Sure, uh, <laughs> but um, he he was always. I mean, uh, Donald Miller in Blue Like Jazz, I think, referred to him as the cussing pastor because Mark Driscoll cusses in his sermons um, every now and then. Every yeah, it's not like you're going to listen. It happened to like him. once, and it became like, <laughs> oh, became Mark Driscoll's thing. the cussing pastor. I guess because most you know most people had never heard a pastor you know even say darn it really yeah. loud. Uh, yeah, I can't believe you just said that. I know. I said it here live on the on the uh, on the podcast. On the it's uncom- for all the world to hear. That is uncomfortably Christian. But yeah, <laughs> speaking of uncomfortably Christian, Mark Driscoll was very good at making Christians uncomfortable. Um, and I think he was actually, or is, I don't know why I'm talking about him in, in the past tense because he's still around. But he's good at calling people out on their crap. Yes. Um, I think that was kind of the root of his problems uh leadership wise is maybe he was too eager to call people out on their crap yeah and i and i'll say by um kind of addendum to what i said earlier is you know while i will say his some he did error in some things there was also uh he did a lot of good things and i think he definitely helped me understand my faith better Mm -hmm. and there was definitely a lot of good that came out of his ministry in Seattle. And I think, unfortunately we tend to measure everything by how it ended. Mm. Uh, and I think there was some good that came out of it. Now, was it controversial? Were there some issues? Absolutely. Uh, but that being said, I think there was some things that he did that were, that he did well. Yeah. And there were some things that he did that, that he didn't do well. Well, I mean, Um, you can even just look at the fact that he was in Seattle. One of the, you know, least churched uh, cities or least church friendly cities in America. Um, And he got 15,000 people in the pews or in the chairs, probably not pews uh, every Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, I would say that's, that's, that's something worth noting. That's, that is something. It's definitely not nothing. Yes. <laughs> it is, it is know, by I, we don't definition know what, something. We don't know what kind of something it is, but it is something. It's definitely not nothing. But that then you also have people like, <laughs> like John Piper saying that they love his theology because he really does have solid teaching. Yeah. Um, I think, 
and 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 that's why I enjoyed his writing so much because I could you know I could I could dive into one of his books or an article he wrote um, or whatever the, the case may be and actually get a lot of a lot of good material out of it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, so so he's planning that you know. So the church, if if you don't know what happened with Mark Driscoll, uh, uh, basically you know had some leadership problems. A lot of people quit and shut down, and then. Uh, you know, he was asked to resign by um, the Acts 29 network, which church planning network he founded, kind of stepped down, uh, saw the writing on the wall, and the church, um, as part of their bylaws, so it was part of their bylaws, um, dissolved. Like if once he was, he stepped down, they were to, they were supposed to become independent churches, and that's, that's what they did. Now, I don't know how those churches are doing mm-hmm. now. Um, I know they planted a church, they had a church plant with Mars Hill, uh, in, I think it was Albuquerque, New Mexico, okay. I think, uh, or it may have been Phoenix. I don't know, but it was in somewhere in the, the Southwest. Yeah. Uh, but so that's where he is now and he's planting, planting a new church. And really, so I want to get kind of, I guess we'll do the hot take here of what are you, what are your thoughts? What are you, when, when you heard Mark Driscoll was planting a church, like what was your kind of first thoughts? And now maybe that you've had time to think about it. Has that changed or, what do you Yeah, um I think my first thought or my my off the cuff reaction was maybe he should wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh because it really does seem like it I mean it wasn't too long ago that the whole I hate to use, to use the word controversy because I feel like it lends Everything's a controversy. Right. I feel like the the word controver- controversy lends weight to something that may not be as weighty as people think it is. Um but I, I figured, you know, maybe it would take a little bit more time for everyone to cool down. Maybe, maybe uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll would need some time to just, you know, restore his relationship with the Lord. Um, but I think after thinking about it, I really, I, I have no authority to speak into it um, because I think I would, I would be, I would err more on the side of take some time to just make sure that you're dealing with this sin issue that you're, that you're having. Because I think what it was is, um, there was a sin issue that was, that was interfering with how he was leading his church. Right. And how he was pastoring people. Um, and I would always err on the side of, Hey, maybe let's take some time to just like, make sure that we're dealing with the sin issue, that it's not unrepentant sin. Um, but also, I'm an outsider looking in. Yeah. And the only two people that know if Mark Driscoll is dealing with a sin issue are Mark Driscoll and God. Uh, yeah. So. But I would say, well, maybe that, that could be maybe a problem, though. Is like, uh, you know, certainly none of us can look into his heart. But at the same time, you know, Christianity's never lived out you and Jesus. It's part sure. of the community in a larger context. And so, you know, if it's, if it's only him saying, oh, I've dealt with it, no problem, everything's good, you know, that's, that's disconcerting. Now, I w- in the interest of full disclosure, I don't think he's actually saying that because I know he's got some new people on the board, like uh, Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway Church, I think is one of his board of directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got, he's got some people there. Uh, but I'll say the one thing that... At first, I was pretty excited about it, and then I sort of did realize how quick it was, mm-hmm. and I kind of agreed with you. I was like, hmm, this does seem really quick turnaround, you know, from, from Mars Hill. 
to this. Um, the, the other thing that uh, I would like to know more about, I guess, I want, I'm trying not to like rush to a judgment, but the other thing I'd like to know more about is what's the relationship with Acts 29, hmm. um, the church planning organization that he founded that yeah. eventually you know, the board asked him to step down from because they or stepped down from they asked him to step down from Mars Hill. They wrote him basically a letter that said, "Hey, like we think you're you're kind of out of control here." Yeah. Uh, so I would like to know. I'd like I I you know I'd like to just kind of hear their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess their silence may be a thought. Um, if we're reading into if we want to start reading into things. Yeah. Because I haven't heard anything from them now. I'm also not checking every media outlet that they have. Um, but you know, yeah, I just, I think, and we've, we've talked about this in the past. Um, you and I have, but, um, I think it's hard to make a judgment regarding how Mark Driscoll should, should, uh, move forward. You know, Mm. um, I think from, from my point of view, because I'm not one of the inside people, right? I'm not one of the insiders, but also because I think that the way church discipline was brought about, I'm not sure if I a hundred percent agree with how it happened. Um, because it seems like it wasn't, uh, restorative in, in nature, if that makes sense. Yeah. It seems like it was Mark Driscoll is a problem. So we need to excommunicate him. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, I feel like that, I mean, we, we've discussed this, but like the, the community aspect of Christianity, right? Like the, the Christian community, uh, one of the things that it's designed to do is to hold you accountable, uh, in your work with, in your walk with the Lord, especially if you're in a leadership position. Right. Um, and I think that if you're in a leadership position, um, you're also held to a higher standard. Right. Um, However, if you, if you cut someone off from that community, then there's no accountability. Yeah. Now, I would probably, I would probably say, and if Acts 29 guys were here, if Matt Chandler were here, hey, by the way, Matt Chandler, if you want to come on the podcast, we're more than, <laughs> more than happy to have you. Uh, or Mark Driscoll, for that matter. Hey, Mark, if you want to come on the podcast, I'm more than happy to have you here at my house. Uh, yeah, we've got a guest room and everything. It'd be great. Uh, it's, it's horrible. Uh, but, you know, uh, I will say for Acts 29, I'm sure, you know, that, well, I'm not sure, but I would bet that, you know, before they sent him a letter that said, we think you need to step down, there might have been some phone calls made. Sure. Uh, so, but you know what? Here's, here's the bottom line of this is the guy made a, a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was domineering. He was prideful. Joined the club. We got jackets. <laughs> you know, he said some things that about, made some, you know, some disparaging comments about women, um, depending on how you take them. Um, most people took them as disparaging. Sure. Uh, you know, he, he made some mistakes. Uh, yeah. And I think he, I think he definitely realizes that. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, uh, you know, after I've kind of gone on this rant, I am happy to see him getting back in the game uh, because I think he does have a gift. Uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I guess would be the thing to say. I'm, I'm hopeful that 
there was repentance and that things are going to work out better the second time, uh, you know, that he learned. I mean, sometimes he's a victim of his own success in a sense, like that so many people came to his church when he, when he failed, it was extravagant failure when Mm -hmm. he, you know, when he made a mistake, which we're all going to do, it was all over the news. It's all over the place versus, you know, some of us, we're going to make our first ministry opportunities will, will fail, but it'll be to 25 people at a youth group (laughs) and, and you know, no one else about, yeah, no one's going to know about it and they won't have Christian post. Yeah. And nobody's going to do a podcast. No, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Two twenty something guys aren't going to do a podcast about it and uh, talk about it for thirty minutes. Yeah, but here's where here's where I do want to get touch on a little bit in relation to this, and I think you brought it up, and it's this idea of the community and this sort of excommunication aspect of uh, of Christianity of kind of evangelicalism mm-hmm. that says, oh, you have sinned. And it's just this, it's a special category for leadership that you've sinned and now uh, you have to go and into the wilderness, into the, into the desert for 40 years mm-hmm. uh, and you will no longer enter the promised land. Uh, that to me seems very antithetical to grace, but every yes. time I see, you know, somebody gets caught in an affair, somebody gets caught in, you know... Yeah, affair is normally like the most common one of these, mm-hmm. but um, you know you can think of ten examples of somebody that's been caught in an affair, and it's you know it's not like I'm trying to not it's not that it's not a big deal, but it's not it was a one time thing they made a mistake like you know it's not like they were secretly meeting up with people for thirty years while they were you know planting the church. They've clearly just said, hey, I had a moment of weakness. My spiritual life wasn't where it needed to be. You know, they weren't actively trying to deceive people. It was Unless just, it was the, you know, they've been meeting up with Yeah, those are two different categories. But nine, 30 years. I, I would say, I'll say eight out of ten times. Sure. It's, it's just it's just a moment of, of, of weakness. Stumbling. And it's kind of more of a result of other sin issues in your life where you're not really, um, you know, leading healthily and sure uh, all those things. But what tends to happen after that is you're told you need to resign from your leadership position mm-hmm. immediately. Then you need to move. You need to leave our organization. You can't even attend church here anymore. Yeah. And then you need to move cities also. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know that it's ever explicit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it might be, there might be some, some church, whatever elders sessions, I don't know yeah. that might be explicit about it like that. But I think, I mean, I just think of, of when Peter was having trouble accepting Gentiles, right. Or, right. And, and Paul calls him out and he's like, Hey Peter, stop being a racist. Yeah. Um, what Paul didn't do was, was tell him, Hey Peter, stop being a racist. Also stop being an apostle. Also, you know, leave Judea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, you just, what makes me upset is it may not be explicit, but we're not called to, you know, be not explicit about judging people. You know what I'm saying? We're called to be explicit about giving grace. Yes. That's what we're called to be. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you can tweet that. That's a tweetable one. <laughs> uh, it's my one tweetable moment from the podcast. You, but we are called to be, you know, explicit about grace, which is to say, you know, 
99 times out of 100, the pastor will say, I made a huge mistake. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. And what to do right there in that situation is not to kick the guy while he's down. Like, clearly he knows he's messed up, and clearly he knows it's going to hurt his ministry. And basically his whole career that he spent, you know, working through undergrad while he was, you know, helping out with the youth group, going to seminary while working part-time, taking a, a big leap of faith by planting a church or by taking a job, not knowing if it was going to really pay well, like having kids on a, you know, pastor salary, all of that stuff that he did to sacrifice, you know, gets ruined in this one moment. Yeah. And I look at a guy like, you know, Tully Intervision, who, you know, made a mistake, guy messed up. Uh, and then, you know, what to me would have been, it seems like we treat the church just like we treat, you know, what... I can't imagine the difference here between a senior pastor and a CEO. Like, it seems like a CEO gets caught in this sort of scenario. It would be the same kind of thing, or a senator. Mm -hmm. And I think the church is supposed to be different from the world. It's supposed to be separate. It's supposed to be a light in the dark places that says, like, yeah, the guy made a mistake. Well, there's supposed to be a balance between grace and truth. Yeah. Right? We never... never, we never uh, give up grace or give up truth uh, because we want to show grace or because we want to show truth. Hey. Um, I feel like I could have probably come up with a better way to, to say that. No, I like it. But it's it. okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think the, the idea of or what you're talking about, right? So a pastor is caught cheating on his wife or whatever, and he's like... You know, he moves to Alaska because he can't be in the same state or whatever. Yeah. Um, I fail to see how that reflects the body of Christ uh, sharing each other's burdens and helping each other out. Exactly. Um, and actually, so the the church that I go here that I go to here in town um, is going through the letters of, of Revelation, mm-hmm. the letters to the seven churches. Oh. Um, it's, yeah. it's a very hip and relevant topic. <laughs> wow. It is. That church um, must be attracting all the young people from around the area. But uh, <laughs> uh, our pastor, Pastor Keith, has been talking about, or this past Sunday, he talked about how um, the way the body of Christ works is kind of like, like you know just a normal body where if your arm is broken, you don't cut off your arm, Right. The rest of your body gives resources to your arm so that it can heal faster and it can heal better. But I think, <laughs> I think where where a lot of time, a lot of the times, church discipline, especially with leaders, mm-hmm. uh, leads us is that we we are going to try to cut off the arm and we're going to try to be vindictive about it, or we're just not going to deal with this issue. We're going to cut it off, and it's someone else's problem now. Yeah, and I think it's because we don't. Especially, you know, churches that revolve around the preaching and the teaching really build your pastor up Mm -hmm. as like this superhero spiritual person. Yeah. And so when he messes up, it's not just the guy made a mistake. It's like Christianity might not be true. Like, Mm. oh my gosh, everything I thought I knew about the world is wrong. Everything is going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> Everything is going wrong. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get out. You got to sell, sell, sell. Uh, <laughs> it's like... Man, that is violent. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I got the soundboard, and it's like the only thing that gives me joy in life anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But, you know... 
what happens is it's like instead of and I think it's because it's a threat, like it's a threat to our world yeah. view. And so it's no longer just a matter of trying to show grace. It's a matter of this guy is is threatening my worldview. And so what I need to do is get this person as far away from us as possible and get a, so, a replacement in as soon as possible mm. so that the earth-shattering uh, sin in his life that's really not as earth-shattering as we make it out to be, but you know, is earth-shattering in our mind, uh, gets away. It's yeah. just gone. When someone else does it, it's fine because we're all sinners in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> but when your pastor does it, it's like, Oh, he's not a person. He's a superhero. And how could he? And I can't believe. And da 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 da. You know. Right. But I think what that problem is, is we build our leaders up to this certain level. Yeah. Where if they sin or they fall short or they make mistakes, uh, we immediately crucify them and immediately cut them off from the community. And I think that's not showing grace. And it also really just, to me, tells your congregation. Hey, you can screw up, but just make sure you don't screw up too badly. Or you can screw up as long as you're not in a leadership position. Yeah, you can screw up if you're like a greeter. Yeah. But if you're like a children's ministry coordinator, you can't screw up. If you're an elder. Yeah, if you're you an better, elder, you can't screw up. You better be fully sanctified. Yeah, if you're like full-time staff, you can't screw up. But if yeah. you're like part-time staff, you can screw up a little bit. Yeah. There's grace. You know, if you're younger, you can screw up. But if you're older, you need to know better. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the gospel. And so that's a, just a frustrating thing for me. Uh, but, uh, to bring it full circle, you know, Mark Driscoll, uh, is planning this church and I really wish him the best. I hope that it, it works out well for him. I hope that, uh, you know, we pray for him. We hope that he is successful. We hope that, uh, yeah, I mean, things turn out better. I mean, I think it's clear to anybody that knows him that, or has listened to him. I don't know him, but has listened to him. <laughs> That he's gifted and that he can teach the Bible and that he's a good, a good teacher. And I think, you know, again, we can't talk about this whole conversation we just had about grace for leadership and then not at least be optimistic or cautiously optimistic about, about Mark Riscoll and hope the best for him. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think, I think that's the thing is, is if you're hoping that Mark Driscoll's church plant fails, then maybe take a look at what grace is. Hey, and on that tweetable moment, it is going to be time to end. Uh, but hey, follow us uh, online. We've got, Daniel, what's your, your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at Daniel Davalos. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-D-A-V-A-L-O-S. Oh, that's a lot of, a lot of vowels. Yes. <laughs> My Twitter is... Uh, at AJ underscore Aldo. Uh, I don't use it very much, but now that we're putting it on the podcast, I'm going to start trying to use it again. Uh, but yeah, so uh, follow us on there. Look at uncomfortably, uh, www.uncomfortably-christian.com. Uh, we're going to, Daniel and I blog there at times. Uh, we'll put the new podcasts. Um, I'm in the process of trying to do book reviews, but uh, hasn't happened so far, but I'm hoping it's going to, uh, yeah, but keep a, just, yeah. Subscribe to our podcast. All that fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Sure. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> once we get, you know, once we get all of our listeners clamoring for more podcasts, basically my mom asking when we're going to do another one, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll do another one, but yeah. Thanks Daniel. All right. Good job by you, man.